Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Happy Friday. Today is Friday, December 15th. We are halfway through this month. We are on our weekend. It is a beautiful sunny day and I've got some fun plans for the weekend. So I am looking forward to that. Thank you guys so much for another great week here at Daily Dose. I released a Patreon episode yesterday and I just want to shout out all of you guys who have sent so many lovely DMs and messages regarding the episode. Um, means the world and need you guys to know how important it is for me to, I don't know, see that you guys, uh, relate, connect, and just, you get it, you get it, you get me. It's important. It's important. And that's why, you know, when it comes to the world of podcasting and you guys, you all know there's a lot of people out there doing podcasts. There's a lot of people out there recording daily shows, weekly shows, multi-weekly shows, talking about reality TV, celebrity gossip, you know, pop culture, et cetera. If you find that person that you really love and want to connect with to turn on this light, then you will continue to follow them, watch them, love on them, you know, subscribe, listen every day or every week. If you don't, the good news is there's so many out there. It's like 31 flavors of Baskin Robbins. There's so many people that you can find. And that's what I love about TV, about books, about podcasts, about everything. It's like you find your people. And so I have found so many of my people here through Daily Dose. Reminder, tonight is the Patreon happy hour, 5 p.m. Pacific time. If you are subscribed to the upper tier on Patreon, you will get a Zoom link just in a little bit. I'm waiting until, I don't like to send it out too early because I just want to make sure that only the right people get it. Just know it will be there. And I will see you guys tonight. Looking forward to that. Um, We have a full day. We have a lot of stories to get into. So much to talk about. But before we do, I do want to shout out the sponsor this week of Daily Dose of Donna is Babbel. This fall, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed for real people, for real conversations, all the things we love, and all of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable. They are, you know, accessible. They're rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching. I'm a big fan of communication. I think communication is so important and being able to communicate with different people who to speak different languages. I just think it's really important and, uh, just increases your ability to connect and relate with people around the world, which I love. And believe it or not, I've got a lot of you dosers that are listening from all different countries. I know for sure we've got a lot of, um, you know, UK listeners, Australia listeners, which I know are all English speaking countries, but I know there's a lot of you guys in Israel. I know there's a lot of you guys in Spain. There's a lot of you guys in Europe. I mean, I see it all in the DMS and in my, uh, you know, what is it called? Like the, 
the listener reports, basically the demo. When you kind of check out where people are listening to your show or watching your show from YouTube and Libsyn, like they just show you everything. So I learn all about you guys and you're all speaking different languages. And I appreciate you being here and listening to me in English. One day I will do the show in a different language after using babble.com. So here's a special limited time deal for Daily Dose of Donna. Listeners, to get you started right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash bowling. That's 55% off babbel.com slash bowling, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash bowling. Rules and restrictions may apply. I also want to say that today, later on in this show, after we cover some of these things, I'm going to introduce you guys to one of my very, very close real life friends. Her name is Alexis White. She is a college expert, a college admissions expert to so many elite families, celebrity families here in Los Angeles and across the country. She is amazing. She's viral on TikTok. She has a huge following. She goes to all the universities, checks them out, talks to all the people and tries to find the right college for you and your kids. If they are entering college admissions, which I know right now you're getting like a lot of you guys are getting your early admissions right now. Um, or like early admissions letters. I'm not in that stage yet, but that's why I'm friends with Alexis. So that when I do get to that stage, she knows it. She knows it. I'm using her hundred percent just for college advice, but we talk because she has some inside scoop on that whole college admission scandal with the Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. And, you know, remember operation varsity blues that went down in 2019. She was privy to a lot of the stuff right before it came out. And she explains that whole side really fast. She also gives some really good actionable tips on what to do if you are, you know, going through this process or will be going through this process in just a few years. So I want you guys to go and listen to that. And that's later. That's after we talk about, you know, more Beverly Hills. We talk about Southern Charm. We have got a lot of stories. Like I said, a lot of stories today. So we are, I'm excited. It will be really, really good to get into it. I have to say, I did not get a chance to finish watching the first episode of Girls Trip Legacy. I just had too much going on yesterday and this morning, and I really wanted to make sure to watch Southern Charm. So this weekend, my job is to finish watching the up, I think there's three episodes released of Girls Trip. I watched just like the first 10 minutes when they're getting ready to go to St. Bart's and I'm already obsessed. I'm already obsessed. But I do have some questions. Like, does Kelly Ben Simone have a lisp? Tell me if I'm crazy that I heard like, like she can't say the word S well. And I've never noticed that before. Ramona, Luann, those two look phenomenal. I mean, seriously, can those two get better looking with age? Any Like Luann is a model. Sonia's fun as all, just even in her first conversation where she's like, you can always find a guy to bleep in St. Bart's. We get to see Kristen Takeman in her Calabasas home. And I met Kristen at the Jeff Lewis Live um, premiere party, not Jeff Lewis Live, the Hollywood House Live. She's so sweet, so nice. And she looks great too. I mean, I'm really excited. You guys are telling me it's bananas. So I can't wait to keep watching. Really, really stoked on that. Um, okay. Really quick on Real House as of Beverly Hills. I have to say, I've been doing a lot of like uh, DMing and thinking about this whole story about, you know, 
Well, a little bit about the Kyle and the Morgan and the Mauricio. Actually, I want to remind you guys, I'm on Dames Who Dish podcast today, and I was with the girls last night recording, and we talked all about this. So go and make sure you listen to Dames Who Dish. Um, They're so great. They're dosers. They love this show. I met them at BravoCon, and we get into all these conversations. So after you're done here, go and listen to that show. But we like the whole Kyle Morgan Mauricio story. We dive into that and then we get really into 8.5. And if you guys missed yesterday, 8.5 is Amory, the new girl who uh, just joined the show. Amory. Uh, okay. So the more I think about it, the more I really, really didn't like her. And I'm not someone that wants to dislike someone immediately, but this girl came in so hot and so strong. And I do think there is some power in being able to kind of like creep your way into these shows. I don't like that like entitled energy. And when she came to that we dinner at Kyle's, I felt like she just came in like ready to go, ready to fight, ready to stand up for Kyle at like no expense. She didn't even understand kind of the dynamics. And I don't know. I just feel like not that I want you to be quiet like Camille was, because Camille was basically not there, but it just felt like too much too soon. And then we got more of that on yesterday's episode or Wednesday's episode with her doctoring Sutton. And in my Facebook group, a lot of you guys are talking about this. And a lot of you guys are saying that you struggle with the same struggles that Sutton struggles with. So like, there is actually an esophageal issue with Sutton. This is a real thing. And- in my opinion, 8.5 needs to take it down a notch and just like listen more and not talk so much. It really bothered me. I told Lance the story this morning about 8.5 and her husband. And I said, I showed him the clip and I said, well, what are your thoughts on that? And he's like, I think this was done in my opinion, just like from a man's perspective, I think this was done as a way for her husband to assert a little bit more control over her, like a little bit more power. It's like, I'm not going to give you a five or a two, but I'm definitely not going to give you a 10. I'm just going to lower it just a notch. So you still feel really good about yourself, but you don't feel so good that you feel like you have more, um, you know, uh, control or like more ability to feel like, you know, you're too good. It's like, I, I want to give you enough that you feel good enough, good about yourself, but not too much that you feel too good about yourself. Cause God forbid you feel too good about yourself. And then, you know, we're off. So I thought that was pretty like an accurate take from Lance. Do you guys agree? Ask your husbands or ask the men in your life what they think. If I just know that if Lance gave me an 8.5 across the board, I would not feel very good about myself, but that's what I think about that. Um, oh my gosh, I saw a funny little story about Jeremy Allen White. So you guys told me to watch The Bear. And what did I do? I freaking started watching The Bear again with Lance. So we finished off season one. We're about two or three episodes into season two. I think there's only been two seasons, correct? It's so good. We're into it. We're in. And Jeremy Allen White is phenomenal. But I just saw an article that he likes Bravo. And guess what? Guess what his show of choices? Below Deck. The Bear loves Captain Sandy, probably. Now, if you had to choose one below deck, which one would it be? Would it be, I love Down Under last season. Aisha, I love Down Under. Um, I've watched Med. I've watched a little bit of all of them. But what I like about below deck is you kind of just don't ever have to rewatch 
previous seasons. You just watch this season because it's always like a new dynamic, new, it's new crew, new everything. So maybe there's some recurring people, but in general, you don't really have to rewatch anything. It's a great, just like catch up. Another thing about it, because every episode has a new charter and new like guests, it really doesn't feel like it, you need to watch anything before it. It's perfect. Just like pop on TV. Um, so I thought that was fun. I love when I hear that stars are into Bravo and reality TV and as they should be right as they should be. Another thing I saw this morning was the golden bachelor. And I love how this article, I'll pull it up really fast. I love how this article is trying to kind of tell us like shocker, but basically it's saying golden bachelor producers want to produce a golden bachelorette and a golden bachelor in paradise. How would anyone not know this already? We've all known this, but it's now they're officially saying they're keen to launch this after the success of what they've already seen. Um, the executive producer and showrunner Bennett Grabner said nothing would make us happier. Stay tuned. Everyone's ready for it. The audience suggested runner-up Leslie Fema for first Golden Bachelorette alongside fellow contestants Faith. You guys remember Faith? She was the guitar playing one. Ellen was pickleball ch- championship. Joan was the one that went home because her daughter had postpartum. And Sandra was the one who missed her daughter's wedding for the event. My guess, 100%, it's going to be Leslie. And after meeting her in person at Dancing with the Stars, it should be. This woman is dynamic. She's beautiful. She's stunning. And what I talked about with Dames Who Dish is like, what kind of guys does Leslie need? She needs some kind of like younger, cooler guys. Like Gary is a little too dorky for Leslie, in my opinion. And then how fun would that be to see all those women you know, the Chris Jenner lookalike, Susan, how fun would that be to see them all like in some, you know, gorgeous island resort? I mean, honestly, this, I think it would be really fun to watch. So I am pro that, but it's also not shocking at all, but I bring the news. So here I am bringing the news to you. An update, a sad update on the Kim and Croy story, which I c- covered yesterday. You guys, that story just really knocked it out of me. I hated it so much. I hate reporting on it, but it's it's in the news and it just does not feel good. And a lot of you guys agreed with me. It says one of Kim and Croy's children told police. Remember how yesterday in yesterday's story, I talked all about the, um, the you know, the main drama was basically that a kid, one of the kids called the police on Croy and Kim because they were yelling and screaming so much. But now we know that one of the children told police that his dad was hitting his mom during the explosive fight that prompted officers to visit the couple's Georgia mansion. Now, is it possible that he was hitting her? Maybe, or maybe they got scared that he was because he was yelling in her face and, you know, he's a big, strong man. Um, Bierman Croy responded that it did not matter because nothing will happen just like last time before becoming verbally combative with the cop. Um, oh, this is what happened. The report states that one of the couple's four minor kids said it looked like Croy may have hit Kim, further detailing that Bierman, that's Croy, put his hand into her face with his fingers extended, which is what she was saying in the video too, which is like she couldn't roll up the window because he was like yelling at her and had his hand in her face. I mean, you guys, I don't think we have any update on this. I really, really hope it's going to be better, but it says a judge has ordered the estranged couples to reside in different parts of the house. You guys, that doesn't work. It only works for Mauricio and Kyle. It doesn't work. Or Tom and Ariana. 
doesn't work for two people that are so vehemently like, like drawn to each other and also angry. And it's, oh, you guys, it's bad news bears. So I still hope for their, um, I still hope for their, uh, sake that it, you know, calms down. Jesus. Bad, bad, bad. All righty. Let's get into Southern Charm last night. I thought it was a phenomenal episode. I loved it. And I haven't loved every episode, but for whatever reason, this episode just gave me all of the feels. It included, well, it's Southern Charm. So it included drinking. It included fighting. It included, um, you know, hooking up with each other. It included like making a fool out of themselves. It included... Whitney strangely being there, it was, it gave us everything we wanted and more. We got a FaceTime with Paige. So essentially the episode starts kind of wrapping up this Jamaican dinner from last season, last episode where Olivia and Taylor are going at it. Shep and Craig are going at it. Austin and Olivia are going at it. JT comes in and goes after us, uh, after Shep, like everyone or Austin, I can't even remember. Everyone's fighting. The only one that's kind of enjoying themselves is Madison, who's just living her best life because she's kind of like half there and half not. She's like, I'm just drinking my wine. I love Madison. I think she's so stunning. Like Madison to me is perfection in just her look. She really does look like Jessica Simpson, like at the prime. Um, and Vanita is kind of having a good time. And so is Rod. Like those three are on a different trip, but the rest of them are all just fighting. Taylor's hysterically crying. Olivia goes to Taylor and is like, our friendship is over. Um, and apparently Taylor kind of like doesn't say to Olivia like what Olivia wants her to say, which is basically saying like, I am so sorry. How can I make this better? I don't know. It's weird. It's like Taylor is saying she's sorry. She's saying she's apologetic, but something there's something in her like body language or maybe it's in her approach of how she says I'm sorry. And it just it doesn't feel authentic or genuine. Now, meanwhile, Austin doesn't really give a shit that Taylor is over there crying. I feel like he cares more that Olivia's mad at him. He's like over Taylor. And then two seconds after Shep and Craig get in this huge fight where Shep basically says, I think Paige is cheating on you. You guys, what's up with that rumor? I really cannot and have not ever been able to wrap my head around Paige cheating on Craig. Not because it's Craig, just because Paige is not someone that I've ever seen on the show on Summer House. Like, I've never felt like she was super boy crazy. I know she, what's crazy to think about is that she hooked up with Carl Radke. What? Remember when she and Carl were like making out in the, in the closet? And then she was hooking up for like a brief second with Andrea, the hottie from Summer House. I just don't see her that way. But I mean, a lot of people can surprise us, but there is some weird rumor going on that Craig and Paige are having some sort of a thing. I mean, Paige is having some sort of cheating thing with Craig. So Shep throws that out there, but then five minutes later, they're all outside their, their sprinter vans going back to the hotel and they're totally getting along and totally fine. And they hug it out. These guys are hugging it out always. What is up with Shep getting really pissed at people, yelling at them, saying really bad things. And then five minutes later being like, I love you. We're good. Everything's okay. Is that just because he just wants the party to keep going? Like, I'm very confused by that behavior. I don't get it. 
They get back to the the hotel. Everyone goes to bed. The next morning, shockingly, no one is like massively hungover. It's weird. I don't understand because they're drinking from morning till night. They get up. Taylor goes with JT to the pool to kind of talk about the night before. Olivia goes to the beach with Madison and Vanita to talk about the night before. Um, everyone's kind of like doing their own thing. Austin goes over to Whitney. Now, let's talk about Whitney being on this trip. Whitney, who we know is an executive producer of the show, is on this trip essentially as a producer. He's being paid as a producer to be on this trip because he feels, I guess, in some capacity that he needs to be there and kind of keep the story moving. It makes absolutely no sense. I'm so confused by it. Don't really understand it. But the point is, is that he's there just as a sounding board, I guess, like a sober sounding board. And every time they see him, they're like, he has to go to work. He's not here. He's like, uh, yeah, I have to go work a little bit. I'm sorry. Since when is Whitney working so much in Jamaica? Since when? He's working behind the scenes as a producer. It's very odd. Feels like we're like going over the fourth wall, having conversations with the producer about like the storyline. Um, what big happened? They decide to go all on a yacht because that's what you do when you all hate each other. You get on a yacht together with copious amounts of alcohol. And honestly, is there anything better than one of those kind of like yachts where you're just out in the water? What Craig said, Craig is like, you can't fight on a yacht. When you're on the water, you don't fight. And he was right. Now we've seen enough Real Housewives and Bravo shows over the years to know that that's not true. There's been many a fights on a yacht, but the Southern Charmers, when they get on the water, they're having fun. And did they have fun or what? There was drinking, there was eating, and then there was a dance party that I need to rewatch like multiple, multiple times. Craig was doing some sort of jive. He's like, I love dancing, he says. He says, the first time I started dancing was watching YouTube videos of NSYNC and then Justin Bieber. Now, I would pay so much money to watch Craig at home at like 14 years old, watching YouTube, being like, baby, 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 oh, or like, bye, bye, bye. Paige, if you are watching, do something, get him hammered and ask him to do, you know, uh, an in-sync choreographed move. Please, please. We would pay so much money just to see that. Now, also, there was a, some crazy little skippity-doo between Austin and Madison. And if you don't remember, please go back and watch it. I'm pretty sure it was Austin. It was definitely Madison. They were doing some like hop, skip, hop, lick, kick, 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 hop, hop, skip, kick, kick. Everyone was dancing. Vanita all of a sudden had the whole dance down. She was really going with the flow. Shep then ruined the entire mood by getting on his back, holding his body up and doing some sort of like a backwards torque where he was like thrusting his pelvis in the air with his hand up in the air, right in front of the service guys, the, like the people that worked on the yacht, the crew, the yachties. Immediately the boat was like, got to get back to shore. The second Shep went down and was doing like, oh, like his hand up in the, the, the crew's like, cut them off. We're done. We're done here. So after getting completely ship, shit housed, you know, all day long, they get back to the hotel and immediately continue the drinking at Whitney's room. Some of them, not all of them, but Austin goes, Shep goes, Craig goes, and then Madison goes. 
I do find this a little interesting how Madison just is like hanging with the guys a lot. Not because I am like offended by it, but I do find it a little bit odd because like most girls, you know, wanted to go back and like shower and get ready for the night, which she did, but like she first went here. Okay. I'm, I get it. Like I sometimes want to just keep the party going and talking to everyone. And like, once I go back to my room, then I'm, I'm done. So they go back to Austin's, I mean, Whitney's room and they call it the Shangri lot. Whitney has now upgraded himself because he's the executive producer of the show. Let's be honest. The show is paying for him to do this to the presidential suite. He might as well be called Patricia. He has 5,000 bottles of alcohol for two people. And these drunk fools with their Gilligan hats and their Tommy Bahama clothes, probably reeking of alcohol and God knows what else knowing Shep, you know, file into this gorgeous room. They start walking around, they're getting, the, they're getting the tour and then they decide to start drinking again, obviously. And this is where you just see like from, this would be that moment when you're sober and you're watching all your drunk friends like falling apart and you're like, ooh, it's not a good look. That's what I feel when I watch Southern Charm sometimes or like Vanderpump when you have these moments. It's like, or actually Summer House, Winter House, like all these shows, right? They're so drunk and Shep is like, I don't think I'm going to go. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to go downstairs and change because they have dinner time. And then all of a sudden, his saying, I'm not going to go change, turns into Austin saying, yeah, you'll never change. No, you'll never change. I'm changing. I always change. Now, they're not talking about changing to dinner clothes. They're talking about changing as a human being. I'm not changing. You're changing. Change. You change. And they really get into it. And so Craig because he's also, he should be on the payroll as a producer. Craig is the ultimate housewife. He's like, let's call it what it is. You're mad because he hooked up with your ex-girlfriend and this and that. And Shep is like, I'm not mad. I'm, I've been great with you. I think I've been handling this pretty well. I've been actually okay. And Austin's like, you don't even know, man. She came on to me. She's the reason that we hooked up. It's all her. And Austin's like, what do you talk? Or Shep is like, what do you mean? You didn't tell me that. And Austin's like, this is what happened. Now he pulls Whitney, a man, to him. Now Whitney just is probably on his first or second glass of champagne. I don't know actually, but I'm guessing. He did not go on the boat. So he's at a different level. And Austin pulls him over and he's like, I'm Taylor and you're Austin. And he starts making out with Whitney. You guys, we see kissing action. We see mouth-to-mouth resuscitation going on in that little make-out moment. And Madison is like, um, what is happening? And then Austin decides to go to Madison and say, you're nothing but a bored housewife. What are you doing here? That's his ex-girlfriend. She's had nothing but his back. So she gets up and she's like, bye. She gets up and goes. Shep and Austin have this like kind of, you know, conversation. They kind of go at it again. And next thing you know, we're down to dinner because this is what happens, right? We're down to dinner. And at dinner, you know, they start kind of talking about, well, it's first Taylor and Olivia and they had that big falling out last night, right? And they haven't really talked all day, but Taylor and Olivia are sitting at this table and Taylor's like, I love your shirt. And they start chatting and then Madison joins and then everyone else joins and everyone's fine. It's the weirdest thing. Everyone's like, <laughs> I love this trip. It's so fun. So much fun. So apparently, you know, it's a full circle day at another day at Southern Charm. Start off being friends, drink a lot, fight, drink a lot, make up, rinse and repeat. 
It's a good show, but at some point, Shep is going to need to look inward here. Don't you guys think after hearing so many stories about how he is on and off screen? So anyway, that was my thought about that. I love Southern Charm. I think it's a fun show. I think it's great. Are you guys watching Southern Hospitality? I didn't finish season one, but I will if you guys think it's amazing. But you know, I have so much going on in my plate of TV. So many things. Okay, I'm going to remind you one last time today before the weekend to go to shop my merch, dailydosepod.com slash store. The link is below. Shop the merch. I've got so many fun things. I have so many other things that are coming. The best I think that is like, if you're not a Daily Dose listener, you can just buy someone a hat that says in my Bravo era or a shirt that says founding member of the Bravo cult or sweatsuits like or sweatpants. There's also, of course, um, Daily Dose gear and um, Robin and Mauricio stuff. So it's a lot of fun. Make sure to go hit that up. Support this show. Support your friends. Buy them something fun. Um, I will see you guys on Monday for our last week before winter break. And... Um, As always, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait for you guys to listen to Alexis about the college admission scandal. It's coming up right now. I am so excited. I finally get my good friend, Alexis White. We have been talking about this forever, about you coming on to Daily Dose of Donna, because you have such a wealth of information. And I'm going to throw the mic over to you in just a second, because I want you to introduce yourself and tell everyone more about you. But I mentioned you very briefly on my show a few weeks ago, talking about the college admissions scandal, because Felicity Huffman had just finally opened up and talked about it after a few years. And people were so interested. People were like, wait, you're friends with the college expert on TikTok. You are Miss Viral on TikTok. So Alexis, welcome to Daily Dose of Donna. Thank you so much for having me. Ever since you started this podcast, I'm like, when am I coming on? I'm here it's, now. I'm like, I know. because my, When is my information going to be relevant? It's relevant right now. And truthfully, you're also a huge reality TV watcher. I mean, this is not like out of your realm. This is, so I was like majorly binging before this conversation. So I would be really prepped because I was like two episodes behind on Beverly Hills, but I am all things Beverly Hills, all things Salt Lake, all things Miami, Dubai. I watch them all. The one I, you know, I don't watch Potomac. So I stopped Potomac a few seasons ago, but because of Daily Dose, everyone was like, this is a show you need to watch. So I rewatched the last couple seasons and now I'm up to date. Although it's not a great season, I'm not going to lie. Another one that I'm starting to, it's not a Real Housewives. This, this, I, I don't know what's going on in my computer. I just like move my hands like, and fireworks, fireworks go off. Behind you. It's nuts. I, it's a setting that I need it to stop. But on my, um, on my list is married to medicine. It's so random, but everyone says this is a solid show. Okay. So married to Med- medicine is a sh- solid show. And actually, you know, it's sort of like eighties and nineties style where there's crossover. Like okay. Atlanta housewives will go see Dr. Jackie who's the gynecologist Okay. on Married to Medicine. Have you not seen that crossover? Not yet. I'm just episode one, oh, season well, one. Kenya, Dr. Jackie is Kenya's OB slash This is like, remember how in the 80s and 90s TV shows would have crossovers? Yes. This is what's happening. I mean, it's really how Beverly Hills and Vanderpump started. It was true, a crossover. True. We saw, we saw Lisa walk from one room into Sir. And then exactly. there you go. That and is, then we were there. That is so true. I, 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 you know what? Yeah. And then there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things to talk about because we, well, 
before we get into like your world and the college world, which I find fascinating, you mentioned Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I just saw on the mid-season trailer, which is going to be, you know, it basically just came out that's saying, for the rest of the season, here's what you're going to see. And we see the white party. And I'll never forget when you sent me a, a, a picture of Jeff Lewis's, the side of Jeff Lewis's head when you went to the white party. Can you please explain how you were at the white party? Okay. So we were invited by, actually, there were a bunch of people there that we knew. Um, we were invited by um, Anne-Marie and Marcellus. Anne-Marie is the newest cast member. Did you watch last actually, night? really by Marcellus. I, I what? <sighs> Did I watch the dinner party from hell? Yes, but did you watch? But did you watch last night when they went to Sutton's store? Yeah. No, no, I haven't watched last night. Okay, because she says something, and I have a new name for her now. What she's, is it? Her name is eight point five, because she says in the show, and and then I want to hear the rest of your story. She says the reason why Marcellus married me is because he told me I'm not a ten at anything, but I'm a solid eight point five at everything. And I thought to myself, this is not something I would be so proud of. Wow. <laughs> and by the way, our sons were on the same baseball team. Having met her many times in person, I'm going to tell you, she's a 12. No. What? She's smoking hot. She's She runs that house, and the ki- their kids are ridiculously cute. So she's cute. Crazy. Now, I, she had an, I read on a blog on Reality Tea. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse anesthetist, but anesthetist, I'm yep. an anesthesiologist. So it's very weird. There's it's a very like, big um, difference. You need to find out. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll need to find out. So in the white party, first of all, when you when and if you see me, I am so tan, it's disturbing. <laughs> you, you're going to have to probably put it in. Like, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I look insane. Well, listen, um, when you wear white, you got to have a tan. Well, I, and I did have a tan, but I tanned too early or whatever. But I really do look crazy. Um, and it was the weirdest party. It was like, it was in SoFi Stadium. And it was in the middle of, it was in the middle of SoFi Stadium, which is like, for people who don't know, SoFi Stadium is the biggest, it's like the biggest it's where Taylor in the world. Swift's show was. It's, 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 yeah. And so then you're at this weird party, like in the center of the, of the football field that's did it feel like small a, or big because of that the party felt really small yeah because you were enveloped by this empty stadium so it was simultaneously very cool also kind of weird yeah you were like in this weird vacuum yeah um erica jane performed which you're gonna see you, you see it in all the teasers yep because this is i'm now understanding what they're doing they're rolling out her vegas residency and this and new like spinoff that they the did. Talent agents, and they're getting her set up for this. So she has this kind of like banger performance was during. She was amazing. Wow. Amazing. To the point where I was like texting people like, when are we going to go see Erica Jane in Vegas? Like she actually sings. She's super hot. I mean, she says she's on hormones. Come on, guys. <laughs> you know, they say that Ozempic is technically a hormone. Oh, is it? Like so those kinds of medicines, semi-glutide. Okay. I so guess I'm it, not producing enough of the semi-glutide hormone. I then. need to, I need to really get my semi-glutide checked. I need to go see <laughs> what my levels are. Um, <laughs> wait, so there's a funny story about that. And we're not even talking about why I'm, I'm here, but it's a, it's a good story. Okay. Give us all the stories. So we're in, I'm in Zara in, Tep- in the Topanga Mall, which the Topanga Mall is like a very 
lots of celebrities go there. Lots of people, a lot of people shop there here in LA. Okay. So I'm at the Zubayu Mall. I'm in Zara and there's this very cute British girl. My, oh, my husband and I are there because we have to get clothes for the white party. And the white okay. party is literally the next day. Okay. And this woman's running around Zara and she's saying to her husband, I don't like that. That's not really white. That's sort of yellow. What are you doing? And they're like fighting. And she and I are both standing outside the men's dressing room holding piles of clothes for our husbands. And I look at her and I'm All like, white. Everyone's got white. white. I'm like, oh, looks like you guys are going to a white party too. And she goes, you're going to a white party too? And I'm like, yeah, tomorrow. And she goes, wait, it's SoFi, Beverly Hills? And I'm like, sure am. And she goes, oh, I'm performing. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And she goes, oh, I'm Erica Jane's right-hand girl. Like, I'm born with her. Whoa. Her name's Lucia. Is she, has she been on she's the show? Yeah, we haven't seen her. She's the main dancer. She's the one who sings with, when she's like rapping with, with Erica Jane in the episode. That is her. I mean, can't wait. Real voice, real dancers, real sexy. I think that my husband and I were the only um, straight people there, possibly. The exception like, of it, it felt like a ton of gay people. <laughs> it, was, it was all gay guys. Um, oh, that's why Jeff Lewis had a good time. And then, and then there are those weird guys who were the who were the Anna Nicole Smith guys. Those weird well, Patrick guys. and Paul. Yep. I just posted a number. picture with them. They texted me the next day. They text me. <laughs> I'm like, go away. And with a dog, Snow White. <laughs> and they're super. And and the one the one guy talking, he, he talks with a lift lift like that. Anyway, <laughs> does he bring out his uh, his uh, his light <laughs> when they took a picture? This is. So this is the best, like, kind of funny joke about Patrick. He, at, when I saw him at Jeff Lewis's premiere party, he, we had seen each other before at another event. So he's like, oh my God, Donna. He's like, what's your number? I'm calling you. He, so he calls me. I get a missed call from his number. That night I get like, it was so nice to meet you. Make sure to send me your info. And I thought to myself, okay, like, that's weird to send me your, like, what, my home address? Like, what, you, you just called me, you know? The next morning he goes, don't forget to send me your info. And I'm like, okay. And I send back my name and he's like, oh, Donna, I had no idea who I was texting. <laughs> like, I think he was just calling and texting everyone he met. That's, they, that, these, these boys have 875 million phone numbers in their phones. Like their because Rolodex is off the chain. Of some absolute, some level of any sort of importance that they would actually press their fingers into their <laughs> phone to memorize my number. God only knows if, if there was actually a person of importance. It turns out they have a daughter or maybe more than... They have a daughter who's in med school, I want to say. Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, we'll have to do some research. <laughs> but I remember that, like, the Anna Nicole days. I mean, do you, did you watch the OG Anna Nicole show? I mean, the reality show on E! when she's, like, going to the Italian restaurant and, like, pounding pizza and pasta. And, and, and she's on – she's just wandering around on pills. It was the crazy like, – like, the fact that that show actually aired. It was crazy. She and so that brings us back to the present, which I think and we the dinner party from hell. All I mean, the Denise Richards, she's not clearly something's wrong, but she's gonna be the okay. new, she's gonna be the new Anna Nicole. So, listen, without giving too much information about you know, just so you guys know that are listening, Alexis has a plethora of stories that she's told, you know, in a, in a quiet circle, but on a podcast, we do have to be respectful, but you do, you have done. You've worked with a multi, like a multitude of celebrities, all kinds, because what Alexis you do is you're a college admissions 
expert, basically, right? How can you explain to everyone listening kind of what you do? Okay, so I'm an independent college admissions consultant. What that means is that I advise people from all over the world about every facet of the college process. But I started out with a tutoring company, okay? So, I mean, if I was going to write like a nanny diaries, it would be like the tutor diaries. I've worked for a billion celebrities, a ton of billionaires, the the super LA elite. I've, you know, that's that that was how I started my my business. And then, of course, how did you get... How did you get in with that crew from the beginning? Is it because of people you knew? Well, it was because I started tutoring in, I was, I went to UCLA and I started tutoring in Beverly Hills. I mean, it was like totally like a- Did you put like a a note on the, on the pole? Like how did you get your first clients? (laughs) I had like a, like, like, like a signs on the, on the wall. I worked, I worked for a company called Homework Buddies. Is that like, okay, I worked for this company. And she had like a really, really hardcore, legit roster of these kinds of people. And having grown up here and, you know, I am not one of those people. I grew up like a totally normal person-ish, as normal as you could possibly be growing up in this weird city. But, um, you know, I, I did, I also did have a background in entertainment. I worked at a bunch of agencies. And so I got really used to kind of being part of the customer service role of working with some of them are insane. Some of them are totally normal. I mean, but working with this kind of crew. So, um, it became, I I was comfortable with it. And, you know, some of, some of these, some of my clientele have been like the most, their most incredible, talented, beautiful, amazing humans. And then, so, but I'm I'm used, that's kind of, that's kind of, so it's a little bit of an A-list crowd for sure. Um, I went from the tutoring working when I love working with kids. So then I love helping people. And that is just the, the, that's the tenet of everything that keeps me going. So then I started doing college counseling because the kids got older. And then once I started doing the college counseling, the kids were getting into schools. I'm like, oh, this is a business. This is interesting. And then I just transitioned completely from doing the education piece to just working on getting people into college. Um, and now I have a business on TikTok. Basically, I am the college expert. You can find me at college expert with one E. And I work with people from all over the world. That being said, um, I work with people who, a lot of whom, and we're getting out of the, you know, the, there's, yeah, celebrities and these people and that people, but in general, I think we saw, especially with the college admission scandal, which is what we were going to be talking about too. Everybody has the propensity to make a bad choice mm. on behalf of their children mm-hmm. in the name of doing what's right for their kids or what they think is right for their kids. Okay, so so I'll stop you really fast because I found this whole experience so interesting, this college admission scandal. It, it, what year was that? It was 2019. 2019. So at that time, I mean, I had a seven-year-old and a four-year-old or whatever. So I was like so far from this college world. Now that my son is 11, it's like it almost feels closer, even though it's just been a few years. And you start to really realize as it gets more difficult and challenging to get into schools as they get older, getting closer to high school, et cetera. And here in LA specifically, like school, getting into schools is such a thing. It's such a conversation. You start to think, how can I better their lives in any capacity, right? How do I get them in with the best classes or get in the best opportunities, the best sports teams, the best coaches, the best this, this, I've never once thought to myself, I'm going to pay my way, but I also can see easily the why or the how this happened, the college admission scandal. And can you give just like a 
a five minute, um, five minute kind of recap of what that college admission scandal was, because it, it related to a lot of celebrities and it was a crazy, crazy story. Okay, so what happened was there there had been a sting operation organized um, that had been going on actually for several years, which we ultimately found out. It was called Op- Operation Varsity Blues, mm. and basically they got they got a bunch of admissions. This guy Rick Singer, who was does what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that this is what is has made what people can do in the end. Of, college admissions realm and why it's kind of fascinating is because it's kind of a wild west. There really are no mm-hmm. rules. People get into this business as consultants and you can be super shady and you can be super ethical. But the bottom line is, is that I always say, and I learned this working in agencies, you're only as good as your client list. Mm. So if you have a list of people who are incredible humans who you love, then you're doing your, your best work, Right. But if you have a list of people who are searching for the impossible, then we have a problem. And so Rick Singer, not saying that those are all of his clients. I know I know many people who worked for, worked for him and thought he was like. A did you know guy. who he was? Well, like, did had you ever met I him? I actually or have clients who I, from our tutoring company who used him. Oh wow! And he was, you know, so what he was doing was, um. So here's how I got wind. A client called me who is a very cool. She's a public defender. She's just a really cool woman. Uh, I met her through other people. She said, I want, I'm interested in getting an independent college admissions advisor for my daughter. Um, let's meet. So we had a preliminary meeting. I told her how I work, blah, blah, blah. And she goes kind of off topic or on topic, but off topic. Um, I, I talked to this guy, Rick Singer before I talked to you and had sort of inadvertently mentioned that there would be some sort of, if I was interested, uh, what he called a side door into the process. And I was like, quiet. And I said, "Uh uh-huh. And she goes, that seemed really weird to me. Mm. And then she said, my, my spidey senses are up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the public sector, you know, like she's, she's like, I go, what do you mean by a side door? And he goes, well, you know, um, there are opportunities for people who have the means to approach this process differently. (laughs) And she goes, oh, what kind of means? And he said, you know, he he intimated that it was somewhere over $100,000 that that would kind of make that deal happen. And she was basically like, this is a warning to you. Again, I'm in the public sector. I'm not the kind of person you want to essentially, um, be eliciting a bribe from or whatever is happening or soliciting a bribe from. And she said, I, I, this seems very strange. She said to me, is that strange? Is that a thing that people do in your business? Mm. And I go, no, whatever you do. I said, I don't know. I've heard of this guy. I've never heard bad things about, I don't know anything about him. Whatever he said to you is a crime. It's not the thing. It's not the way I operate. It's not the way it, that that's not how we go. So I, she goes, great. I, I, I think I made the right decision. The morning the news broke that, that Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli and Felicity Huffman and all these people had been stung and gotten by the FBI and the whole thing. This woman who I adore called me at six o'clock in the morning and she goes, do you remember the story I told you? That's the guy. Wow. So, um, and previously, I, 
Lori had also solicited, had called me to see no if I would be fit for her daughters. And um, she, she's so nice. And this is the thing. Like, I'm They're good people. That, They're not necessarily bad people. She's a, you know, anyway, so, but, but what she said, I really resonated with me. And I, and I keep this with me all the time as a parent. And when I'm working with my clients, because it's so important to know who your children are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Especially in the college admissions process. I'm not a, I am not what I call a prestige pusher. In fact, a lot of those schools are not that interesting to me. I want to know about the, you know, 7,500 other schools that are available to us in this country that don't have a 3% acceptance rate. So what she had said to me was, well, where do you think, um, I don't know if it was Bella or Olivia J or whatever. Um, she's got a such and such GPA. And I said, I mean, you know, she'll, she'll have options. They're not going to be maybe, I don't know what you have in mind, but there's always options. And she goes, well, as long as it's not ASU. Oh, God forbid Arizona State University. And by the way, I was just at Arizona State University two days ago, walking around that campus going, and I met I met their head of, their chief um, investment officer, who okay. recognized me from TikTok, came up to me and he goes, I know Amazing. you're expert. We started talking. He's brilliant. That school has so much happening. It's incredible, especially, by the way, they have a fashion program. They have a media and communications program. They have all these things that those girls probably would have been really happy Great at. But I said, I said, I don't understand why college is necessarily even like even has to be on the books for that. Like, why why do they even have to go? Why is that? She just had it in her heart and mind and soul that that's how it had to be. And so then you, you kind of get the Felicity Huffman piece of so so as far as the crime, you know, he had people taking exams for taking SATs for kids. Um, and that's what Felicity Huffman did. She paid $15,000 to have uh, one of his people take the SAT for her daughter, mm. who ultimately, by the way, is at Carnegie Mellon in their now? super selective acting program. Yes. So now, now she is. So what ended up on her, like, own merit, what, on her own merit? What school did these girls get into when they used Rick, like Lori's daughters? Do you remember? So, so what Lori, so what Lori's, what they, what Massimo and Lori did was they donated, quote unquote, I think it was $150,000 to his charity. He had a, he set up a fake 501c3. <laughs> so it was called, I have to find out what it was called. It was, it's like some, it sounds like a cult or something. And so you write a check to it. Love has and, won. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you write a check to it. And the, so then the idea is, you're making a donation on behalf of his charity that helps supposedly, who knows, underserved mm-hmm. communities and kids mm-hmm. going to college. I don't know. And then with your donation, you that's what, what he was doing with the money was it was filtering down to admissions people mm. and coaches. So everybody was on the dole. So he had coaches from Yale and coaches from USC and people and admissions people at USC and blah, blah, blah. And everyone is making the, money. So they doctored photos of the girls. That's where they got the rowing. The rowing. The big joke. So the the admissions, the coaches and and or admissions people at USC were also making money from this. That's the it only way. It was like it a works. crazy MLM like pyramid scheme. So you you could you listen. People come to me all the time and they say, "Well, you know, I know she only did that activity for two years, but can't we say she did it for four? And I'm mm-hmm. like, "No, you can't say she did it for four. How have, have we not learned what, like, the truth comes out. So 
So, but so you could, but yeah. So, okay. So yes. Could you? Yeah. You could say I did this activity for four years or I'm, I'm a, I play golf when you don't play golf or whatever. But the only way there's actual like sort of corroboration is if you have, if that information gets to the right people and, and so let the USC coaches were paid to go, Oh, look at these great rowers. We need them on our team. Mm. And so that's how that happened. And there was the, the sting ultimately, I think got reached its kind of nadir in, um, with the tennis, there was a tennis coach at Yale who mm-hmm. was, um, who was a mole basically. Um, actually not a mole. What do they do? They, uh, in, in, in exchange for, um, what do they call it? Immunity. I watch enough law and order guys. Yeah. Like talk to FBI or whatever. Like, and they were like, he wore a wire. That's right. I met with a family who I also knew. Mm. We worked, we tutored their kids actually. A family, he had four girls, three, he went to Yale. All three girls went to Yale. There was the fourth one that we were worried that not we, I didn't even know them at this time, that he was apparently not sure if she was going to get into Yale. He was going to have to pull some strings. So that's how that happened. And then subsequently I had kids, tons of kids at USC that I worked with calling me going, my dorm's just been like raided by the FBI. Oh my God. It's being arrested. But I mean, and people who were so even far from the celebrity piece, like dentists and doctors and attorneys and just wealthy, wealthy people, but or seemingly normal people. So he, he had this kind of, it was like the scale of the 10 K to 500 K pick your poison. What drug do you Yeah, have? if you do this, you'll have this better of a chance. If you do this, you'll get in for sure 100% type of thing. And and guess what? It worked. Everyone got for in. A really long time. But Felicity Huffman, so I, I find it fascinating. Like, it's just, what was it, two weeks, two weeks ago? She comes out and she's like, I had no choice but to commit a crime mm. for my daughter. Mm. Or I felt that I had no choice. Now, if a person who is of that level of talent and means is so desperate, you can only imagine how people who have no access, yep, no means. Um, and it, you know, obviously we know that when people do things like that, it does a disservice to anybody, right? It's like you just ruined it for everybody. Mm. Great job. Mm. Um, you make everybody look bad. You know, it's like every desperate parent who sits around at night thinking, God, who could I pay to just make this go away? Well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like everything else. Like even tutoring is technically a way to kind of get ahead using money, right? Like a lot of other kids do not have the money for tutors and you're getting paid. I mean, you're not, you tutor sometimes here and there, but you have a bunch of tutors that work for you. But what would you say like is a range here in Los Angeles of what you, what your tutors get paid per hour? Oh, what my tutors get paid or what we charge? Sorry, what you charge. What exactly the uh, the families are paying to get their kids tutored? I mean, LA is kind of a weird place because it's there's a range. But I mean, I'm not really at liberty to say okay. necessarily, but I could say, listen, in New York City, there are tutors that are making anywhere from $250 to $700 an hour for the SAT. Yeah, it's, this is like therapy pr- prices. Like this yes. is like very... And and because of that, you and also just the whole process of college in general, it is really an incredibly well um, expensive. Just just it's, like journey, it's a racket. It's, it's a, racket. a racket. It's a business. So, 
like anything else, and I always yeah. tell people, look, you want to lose weight and get in shape. You want to hire Gunnar Peterson as your trainer. If you can afford it. That's like, Kim Kardashian's. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, have Gunnar Peterson. Have, could you do this alone? Can you apply to college and do the applications and write the essays by yourself? Of course you can. Of course you can. If you have the means to do it in a way that makes your life easier and, and whatever that means for you, you're fighting less with your kid you're, or, or you, maybe you don't have the means, but you're really stretching yourself. Like, and, and this is what you need for your own life. Then you're going to do it. Yeah. But it also doesn't mean, and this is going back to kind of like the easy way out stuff. I always tell my students, you know, again, going back to the trainer, like if you eat pizza and Cheetos every day and you see Gunnar Peterson, you're still going to look like crap. Yeah. You have to do it all. You have to do the work. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to work, you have to do the work. Part of what I always do is helping my kids learn how to be, learn how to self-advocate. You know, teach them how to cold call a university, call the admissions office and say, hello, my name is, but you know, we have those skills because we didn't have cell phones. You had to pick up a landline and make a call to an institution or whatever, order a pizza. I mean, literally they don't, our kids don't have those skills. It's so true. So teach them how to write a proper email to admissions. And once they do it, yes, they're, they have us, they have me holding their hand, showing them, but once they do it once. And they get a response back. They're like, oh my God. You know, it's like, it is like Kim Kardashian emailing back, the dean of admissions at Tulane emailed me. me. Yeah. And they go, oh, I can do this. I know how to do this now. But why are you emailing the dean of admissions? Like, what would that do for you as a child? Okay. Or as a junior? A lot of these schools have, are, are, they're, they're into what they call demonstrated interest. So they really want you to reach out. You, maybe you're saying, hi, I'm coming to visit campus. Maybe it's not the dean. Might be, might be somebody else in the office. I'm going to be in New Orleans on Saturday, January 21st, and I'm planning on visiting on Monday. And I'm wondering if you know I can whatever question meet you have. or whatever. Yeah. I always want, and I talk about this on TikTok all the time. I always want my students to learn how to interface and be professional, um, because what we what we do see is that a lot of times, and what we hear about, you know. A really intense and a really intense rise in anxiety, in particular post COVID, of kids that are going to college because they get there and they don't know how to do anything for themselves. Yeah, they're so used to having everything done. And that's done. our fault. I mean, and that's that's Felicity Huffman's fault. That's mm. my fault. That's your fault. We do we cut their meat for them. We let them go without tying their shoes till they're nine. You know, we I and I'm including myself. I have yeah. enabled my children, and so I do see at the end what we get. So part of it is learning how to communicate. And and when they email me and text me back and go, oh my God, like all the work we did over that year or two years or whatever, I sit in my professor's office hours. I email them. I text them. I use the services. I put myself out there and I feel like I did it because I know how to do it because you taught me. Mm. It's okay to ask for help, that it's okay to reach out. So those are, that's a lot of what I feel very strongly about. If I'm going to be in a, a business that does this, that bolsters people, um, that they need to have the skills to work on their own. They're not going to have me or their parents, yeah. you know, moving down the line. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Number one, well, I have two questions really fast. Number one, does every kid, what if a kid is not like, they shouldn't go to college? Like, it's just not for them. Like, is that a thing? 
That is totally a thing. And people will get so mad at me on TikTok. They like, in the comments, they're like, what do they say? They say, trade school. This is a racket. (laughs) Waste of money. Blah, blah, Mm. blah. And you know what? They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Yeah. $80,000 a year, guys. Psycho. And then you end up having to get a job to pay off if you're doing student loans. I mean, it's psycho. So, and it's, listen, every time you visit a school, they will always, and it's, I guess it's not really fair to say that because I would say probably about 70 to eight, the schools will say about 85% of the students are on some form of financial aid. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two students this year who got a loan over a hundred K for the schools that they're applying. And be, there's a lot of money out there, but you yeah. do have to know how to find it. Um, so trade schools. I think this idea, and it'll be fascinating to see if, if, the industry that I'm in even exists in the next 10 years or so because it's colleges are going to have to, they're having a reckoning right now. Obviously, we've seen with all the politics. Is and Bethany all the behind it? What? Is Bethany behind the college reckoning too? It's the Bravo reckoning. It's the college reality reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> like, you gave me my career and now I'm mad about it. It's um, sick. You served me and you made me an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame UC Santa Barbara for my uh-huh. drinking kegs. It, you know what? <laughs> I bet you could sue them for that. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to be like, you, you like, gave me, I, I, I gained weight because of, of you. Every day at five because of you. Yeah. Because of you. Okay. Wait, keep going. So the colleges are having a reckoning. Okay. Colleges are having a reckoning, which is, I think that a lot of kids, a lot of kids took time off during COVID. Mm-hmm. They took gap years. They decided not to pursue a traditional path and all that stuff. I'm all for all for it. My whole thing. And you'll see it on my website, you know, helping students find the fit mm. and the fit is not always necessarily a traditional four-year program. Mm. So the colleges are having a reckoning, which is they've lost money. They are trying to figure out how to adjust with the fact that a lot of kids don't want to go to class necessarily. They want to be on Zoom. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't necessarily want a traditional experience. And also the reckoning of the kinds of jobs we have now are not things that existed even eight years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. So the TikTok prepare, influencer. How do you prepare people for that? How do you prepare people for something you don't even know exists? Yeah, it's crazy and how fast things change. The really relevant schools, and I'm going to use ASU as an example because I really felt like they are looking towards the future. When they, when I spoke with them, it was like really, and, and I love seeing this, especially in big state schools. They went to a big state school, which I feel now is way overrated. UCLA, mm. love it, mm. but sorry. I, I was just there a few, but I couldn't believe how the facilities had not changed since 1986. Yeah. The UC system's a whole other drama. Yeah. But the other state schools in other parts of the country that actually, you know, really do a good job of serving the public, okay, and being very inclusive as opposed to exclusive, accepting 80% of the kids that apply, they do. And Mm -hmm. they make no bones about it. They're like, we take you. Why? Because we figure we're going to give you the skills to stay here. Now, that might be because we're going to put you in the right program. You're going to meet the right people, whatever. And if you can't stay here, you'll leave and you won't graduate. And that's a you problem, not an us problem. Mm which I think is really, if it's your public university, you know, the idea that University of Michigan has at this point, I don't even know, it's like an 11% acceptance rate. Whoa. Wow. Right? Wow. So ASU, 
forward thinking. They have, they just, they have a sustainability major that's brand new. Things like that, where they're going, we're actually teaching people to learn how to uh, live an entirely carbon neutral or create an entirely carbon neutral company. Mm. Things like that. They're, like, they're thinking they're ahead seeing, rather than staying like stuck in their kind of old ways of right. like math history. Da, 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 da. Right. And it's our interesting. are going to have to follow suit also. But I think that the universities, you cannot justify those price tags. No. And honestly, and, like, yeah. Sorry. No, go. Those price tags and those acceptance rates. Give me a break that Northeastern, like 20 years ago, you'd be like, Northeastern, that's not a school. Don't you mean Northwestern? Seven mm. percent acceptance rate. Never heard of it. Correct. Wait, and and also it's expensive to apply to colleges, right? It costs to apply, so it you have to spend money from sixty five dollars to ninety dollars. Okay, so so like a lot of people out there are spending a ton of money on s and and SATs. Just really quickly, is that not necessary anymore? Didn't they take it away? Most schools are test optional, but it's okay. kind of making a comeback. Do you think if someone right now is in the application process soon or whatever, I don't know the months, should they take the SATs? Does it benefit you? I think you only take the SATs if- You're a um, good test taker. Well, yes. I mean, I always I always say this on social media, like if you have a history of being a good standardized test taker and you've, and you've taken different tests at your public school, your private school, whatever, and you kind of, you don't hate it and you've actually done kind of decently, then I would say do it. Mm. You have nothing to lose. Why? Because you don't have to submit the scores. It's not like 175 years ago when you and I were applying to college where you had to have an SAT score. And the ACTs, first of all, were like not a thing. Mm -hmm. You had to have an SAT score and you could only, and you had to submit it, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. So now you can pick and choose. You can decide, you know what? I it's not going to help my case or it will. Price. Maybe, oh, I got a 1400. I'm going to send it to this school, but not to that school. Interesting. So, okay. I mean, obviously, I the only reason I'm your friend, I've told you this now for years, is because I need you when my kids get to the college age. So I'm yeah. using you for that. But but for other people out there, and I, you know, I think this is a really, really challenging thing because you don't realize how big of a, a world it is until you get there and then you're like, oh my God, what do I do? You have made it so that it is, I mean, obviously people can hire you one-on-one, -on -one, which is going to be a little bit more, you know, costly essentially, but you have a course, you have an online course and you have so much free education just on TikTok and stuff. So what should people do if they're out there right now and they maybe don't have the means to hire you? Okay. We have personally. so many things, which is one of the other reasons why I love what I do and how I do it. So when you go to alexiscollegeexpert.com, you can see all of the services that we provide. First of all, you get free information from me every single day on TikTok at College Expert and on Instagram at College Expert. But when you go to my website, you can submit your essays um, for a, less than a fraction of the price of what it would be to work with somebody who is on our team. You send an essay you in. You can actually literally go, I want to send in my college essay or my letter of continued interest or this correspondence that I had and have it evaluated by us and edited by us. Stop, that's an amazing it's best, service. Honestly, it's one of the best things that we provide. We were getting, it's, and, and when I say that my essay editing team is like, they're the most incredible people. They're people, a lot of them have worked for me for almost 20 years. Wow. They're incredible writers. They're giving you the best advice. Um, you're getting like a, you're going to get an almost close to a page worth of notes with track changes. 
people come back and they, they just resubmit. Yeah, resubmit. like a second draft, third draft. You, you pay per submission. Of course. Um, and then you can also book coaching calls with us. Okay. You can do um, – so anything that you are interested and curious about, you can find on our website and just submit a contact form and click – you click what you think you might be interested on the drop interested in, in on the drop-down menu, 60-minute coaching call, you want to work with me, you want to submit an essay, blah, blah, blah. It's all on there. Amazing. Um, and right now we're getting in where it's actually a really good time to be talking because people are getting their early decision and early act. Well, mostly early decision acceptances or denials right now. Literally mm. tonight, tomorrow. <gasps> Whoa. So you have clients that are waiting right now. Clients that are waiting, tons of people. And so people are sending us, well, now what do I do? I was deferred from University of Miami or I was rejected from Tulane or I this or I that. What do I do? I want to write a letter. So we help you guys, you know, learn how to write letters. And I have tons of advice on TikTok also about that. If you scroll through letters of continued interest, how do I this? What happens if I that? Um, and I'm going to start reinstating. I was doing lives on Fridays. Ask, answering questions. Answering questions. And then I was traveling too much, so I wasn't able to keep it up. So I'm going to start doing my Friday lives also. So when you get a chance, if you follow me and you get the you get the alert, get on my live because you basically ask me anything. Yeah. It's and crazy. It's not weird. No, it's amazing. And you – and you're, you're just a wealth of information about this. And I also think, you know, without not even getting into it, but just like this year has been such a crazy year to hear so much like activity on college campuses. And is it a place that you will feel safe maybe in your religion or your, who you right. are? Is it the kind of um, environment that you want to be in? I think those are things that you're a good person to just ask those questions to, because before you even apply, you want to make sure, is this a school I actually really want to go to? Or is this just a yeah. school that like my friend said that she wants to go to. And um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting, the whole like the whole related to celebrity side. And a lot of these celebrities are in the same exact boat as just like your Joe Schmo in mm -hmm. Idaho, because it doesn't no offense to Idaho. I just use it. Love Idaho. I've never been, but I just use it because I like it. I, I, I've been to Sun Valley skiing. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Sun Valley is like the fancy skiing, yeah. isn't it? Coeur d'Alene, that's where you go to the, that's where you go to the lake. Uh, we have our future vacations planned already. Okay, done. Um, mm -hmm. We'll talk about college there. Okay, <laughs> so, so if people want to contact you or find you or get access to any of your information, they go to alexiscollegeexpert.com mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. they follow you on TikTok at College Expert and you say one E, so it's C-O-L-L-E-G-E-X-P-E-R-T. And then, um, and Instagram, are you on Instagram often and Instagram, too? same thing as College Expert and, and for any of you who have a kid that's in college, you guys need to click the link in my bio on TikTok because I am, I've got a contest happening. I have a partnership with, in this contact, not a partnership. But a Wait, for a kid that's in college now? If you've got a kid that's in college now. Okay. Now there's, listen, you could have a kid that's in high school. Anybody can enter, really. But it's called a Home for the Holidays giveaway. We're doing with Peach Skin Sheets, which is literally the softest sheets and bedding ever. And we're doing this whole, like, yummy home for the holidays package where you get like an amazing robe and sheets and comforter and all the stuff. And you could have it at home and then bring it back to college with you. I love it. So enter the contest y'all. And the contest is on your website. Uh, click the link in my bio on TikTok. Bye. And it's okay. There Amazing. Alexis, thank you so much for being here. And I know so many people are going to be interested in this. You're going to get a lot of dosers head in your way. Dosers. We love you. We love you. Dose um, me up. Thanks, Alexis. See you soon. Bye. Bye.